Chapter forty five of the Convict by G. P. R. James. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter forty five. Six or eight hours before, Brandon had been one of the most convenient and comfortable houses in the whole county. Everything about it had displayed that aspect of ancient and undiminished respectability and wealth which thirty years ago was the general characteristic of the english gentleman's country seat and now when edgar adelon with eda and dudley entered the hall although the fire had never reached that floor and had but partially destroyed the floor above the scene of confusion and disarray left in the mansion scarcely a trace of its former self large quantities of furniture books chests of papers valuable pictures and objects of art were piled up without order or regularity in the hall and in the various rooms around it and streams of water were flowing over the marble pavement of the vestibule and soaking the thick carpets of the drawing-room the library and the dining-room of all seasons when the empty-minded and the selfish-hearted who are inherently bores at all times are the most oppressive the season of grief and anxiety is foremost at other moments we are obliged to tolerate them as one of the evils of a high state of refinement do not let any one suppose this is a paradox for there is no doubt of the fact that as the sun breeds maggots in a dead dog i do not know that i quote very accurately so a refined state of society generates both empty heads and cold hearts at other times i say we bear them as one of the evils of our social state but then they become perfectly intolerable we find then that there are human beings in every outward form and lineament like ourselves who nevertheless are not of our nature nor apparently of our race we feel or we fancy that monkeys might be princes amongst them eda had a great deal to suffer from creatures of this kind during that day the peer and the baronet and the wealthy esquire had returned from their several occupations in time to witness the conflagration at brandon and after having taken care of their horses and their carriages and all their other effects they had gathered together to interrupt the servants and country people by giving assistance as soon as they saw eda however enter the house with her cousin and mr dudley they found it courteous to go in and condole with her and although she bore the infliction with wonderful patience edgar did not approach by any means so near to the character of job one or two of his brisk sayings soon scattered the party and after having in a very polite manner ascertained that the fire was entirely extinguished the three gentlemen i have mentioned took their leave got their carriages and horses and departed dudley made no show of going for he knew that he should still be a welcome guest and captain m also remained though not till he had received a pressing request from edgar to do so we can put you up somewhere he said and there are things to be investigated in which perhaps you can help me stay with us here in the library m now that those tiresome people are away and let me inquire how this fire originated in reality and how my poor father met with his death i do not understand all this he added solemnly and sternly there is no trace of fire upon my father's person i have strange suspicions and before i give way to grief i must think of justice i must see the people who first entered his room and going to the door he gave orders to one of the servants in the hall to bring all those who had been present at the early part of the catastrophe into the library 
"'This is a sad business for us all, dear Eda,' he said, turning towards his cousin, who was seated in the recess of one of the windows, from time to time wiping the tears from her eyes. "'Your beautiful place is well-nigh destroyed.' "'Would I could repair your loss, Edgar,' replied Eda, "'as easily as mine can be repaired.' "'It must be some comfort to you, Edgar,' said Dudley, who had hitherto scarcely spoken a word, "'to know that your father did not suffer.' It is impossible that any violence could have been offered to him. It is equally impossible that the fire can have reached him, or injured him in any way, and I am inclined to think that he was never conscious of its existence, for I was one of the first who entered his room. Indeed, there were only two who mounted the stairs before me, and when I strove to wake him I found that he was no more. Nay, his hand was quite cold. The room, indeed, was full of smoke, but the air was not sufficiently loaded to suffocate any one who was not in a fainting fit, or exceedingly debilitated. "'Who was there first? demanded Edgar. "'The butler and Martin Oldkirk ran out together,' replied Dudley, "'and I followed as soon as I had seen Eda upon the terrace. For some time we did not at all imagine the house was on fire, although there was a strong smell of burning wood. But at length the smoke came rolling down the stairs, and at the same time, it seems, one of the keepers from the park rushed into the offices, saying that the whole roof was in flames. "'Ah, here come the men,' cried Edgar. "'Now, Martin Oldkirk, my good friend, stand forward and tell me what you found when first you went into my father's room.' "'It was the butler, sir, went in first, said Martin Oldkirk. "'I was waiting in his pantry, as I had been ordered, and when the alarm of fire came he ran on first, saying he must save Sir Arthur, and I followed.' There was a good deal of smoke in the room, but no fire. Indeed, it is uninjured even now. We both ran to the bed, and found Sir Arthur lying upon it, but there was no sign of life about him. Mr. Dudley came in the next moment, and the valet a minute after. Sir Arthur was dressed as he is now, and we took him up and carried him down, first to the dining-hall, and then out to the billiard-room, as you saw. "'You are sure there was nobody in the room when you entered?' asked Edgar Adelon. No one, sir, replied Oldkirk, but there was a packet of papers written in a hand which I know well, and so I took it up, and have got it here. Give it to me, said Edgar, and gazing at the first lines, he exclaimed, This is Filmer's handwriting. That man must have been in the house when we went away. This letter is dated to-day, and it was not there when I left my father. I charge you, my friends, most solemnly, to tell me if any of you have seen him within the last four hours. Oh, yes, Mr. Edgar, said one of the grooms coming forward. He went away about an hour and a half or two hours ago. I saddled his horse for him. I am sure he was in Sir Arthur's room just about luncheon time, said the valet, for knowing that my master was not well, I went up to see if he wanted anything, and not liking to disturb him, I listened at the door. I heard some people speaking loud, and I can swear that one of the voices was Father Peter's. It was just about the time when the storm began. Edgar gazed gloomily at the papers in his hand, and Dudley demanded, Did you hear any of the words, sir, that passed? Why, Sir Arthur seemed very angry, replied the man, and I heard him cry out, Villain, villain, villain. I should have opened the door, and had my hand upon the lock. But then Sir Arthur went on speaking more quietly, so that I was sure no one was hurting him. "'Let us ascertain at once,' said Captain M., "'how the fire really originated. 
for this affair it seems to me will assume a very serious aspect if it cannot be shown that it was caused by the lightning as we have been led to suppose oh lord bless ye yes sir it was caused by the lightning sure enough replied one of the keepers why as i was standing on little green hill as we call it just at t'other side of the park towards the back there i saw something come down from the sky in a great stream just as i have seen a man pour out a ladleful of lighted pitch only ten times as fast and it hit the corner of the roof and in a minute all the slates flew about like dust and then there was a blaze just at the same place so i took to my heels as fast as possible and never stopped running till i got into the servants hall but by that time the place was all in a blaze that is so far satisfactory said captain m and i believe my dear adelon he added you will find that the melancholy event which we must all deplore has taken place by natural causes it is probable that the conversation between your father and mr filmer was of an angry and agitating character sir arthur who was much shaken in the morning was ill able to bear fresh anxiety or sorrow he may have again fainted before or after the priest left him and the suffocating effect of the smoke may have done the rest you add to your grief which must be poignant enough by suspicions for which at present i see no cause no cause my friend said edgar if you could look at this paper which i hold in my hand but which i dare not show you or any one you will see at once that there is cause to suspect that bad man of anything for there is nothing evil nothing wicked which he has not done himself or prompted others to do and which he boldly avows here as the means to a great end that end must indeed be accursed to which such means are necessary that can never be holy which treads such unholy paths this paper will give me matter for deep thought may make a change in all my views and may teach me to renounce many opinions instilled into me in youth if i should find that a religion which i have hitherto considered pure and holy naturally requires fraud ignorance and wrong for its support i say not how i shall act i know not how i shall act but i do say and i do know that this thing will force upon me a review of all my previous convictions and i trust that god will give me understanding to judge in the end aright pray god it be so said eda brandon but she said no more although she felt and had ever felt that a religion which pretended to rest upon revelation and yet withheld that revelation from the great mass of the people commenced with an error which has characterized every pagan idolatry and opened the way to corruptions the most gross and abominations the most foul every one else was silent for a moment and then edgar moved his hand saying i will keep you no longer my good friends perhaps your testimony may be wanted in a formal inquiry on a future day but in the meantime remember that this man this mr filmer whom we have all been accustomed most mistakenly to reverence has been proved to be guilty of the most horrible deceits and is charged with crimes of a very serious character if then any of you should meet with him hear of him or know where he is to be found it is your duty to give him up to justice that the accusations against him may be patiently investigated at present you had better go and get some refreshment after all your labours and i am sure my cousin will reward and thank you for the services you have rendered the strength of mental exertion seemed to have kept him up till the servants and others who had been summoned to the library quitted the room 
but when they were gone he threw himself down in a chair before the large table where his father had so often sat and resting his arms upon it bent down his head till his eyes were hid upon them and remained thus in silence for several minutes while eda and dudley and captain m spoke together earnestly but in a low voice by this time the shades of evening were beginning to come over the sky and although the rain had ceased the clouds were heavy and dark yet a gleam of yellow light was seen beneath towards the west and dudley laying his hand upon eda's said see eda there is hope in the midst of sorrow i will go and speak to edgar there are many things more painful in the events of the day than even the death of a father whom he loved he must be roused by new incitements to action and there is cause too for exertion advancing a step or two towards edgar he laid his hand upon his shoulder gently saying do not give way my friend heavy sorrows have befallen you but there are duties to be performed efforts to be made important steps to be considered our friend captain m tells me that poor mr clive has met with a terrible accident and it is his opinion that helen clive may both have to encounter fresh grief and be left without protection or comfort edgar started up as if his words had roused a new spirit within him and dudley continued thus under these circumstances eda is inclined to take refuge at the grange where there is plenty of room she would not do so if she did not look upon helen and helen did not look upon her as a sister edgar started forward in his impetuous way towards his fair cousin and taking her hand pressed his lips upon it with tears in his eyes thank you eda he said thank you for helen thank you for myself i know what leads you to the grange and i must go with you we will all go down said dudley i trust that our evil anticipations may be found premature but should the worst happen helen will need all the comfort that can be given to her there are many things however first to be done here edgar and although i now boldly claim a right to act on eda's behalf yet it is but fitting that her nearest and dearest surviving relation should join his voice to mine in all matters there is another task edgar which you must entrust to me painful as it must be i think i can promise to perform it according to your wishes and in the few cases where a doubt may occur to me as to how i should act i will apply to yourself edgar pressed his hand warmly in his own murmuring dudley we are brothers and dudley turning away his head for a moment answered come edgar we must give directions for restoring some degree of order here and for setting a watch to ensure that if the fire should break out again in any place where it is yet smouldering it shall be extinguished at once then we will all go down to the grange and after seeing what is the state of poor mr clive captain m and myself will leave you and eda there and find lodgings for the night somewhere in the neighbourhood much indeed remained to be done and many orders to be given before the party could set out but the mind of edgar adelon in many scenes of trial and difficulty had gained much strength since first we saw him and to a strong mind exertion is relief even under the load of grief End of chapter forty five